Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. G'day and welcome to another pre-Christmas edition of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Oh, g'day, g'day, Kevin, Philip, Aloysius, Eugene, Hillier. How's it going? Uh, yeah, going well. Uh, <laughs> going well. Uh, my, working my way around supermarket uh, at the moment is, uh, is a problem. Why? Well, because I think, uh, I reckon almost... COVID-type situations happening in the supermarkets, at least the ones we go to. Not the looting situation? No, well, the restocking of shelves. Uh. Because of the lack of staff, um, they can't restock the shelves. Mm, And we're missing out on the things we love. Well, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, you walk around the supermarket and it looks like it has been Mm. looted and looks like it did during the COVID times and there's all these, you know, big areas where there's no no produce or But we do have toilet paper and for that we should be thankful. And we have Christmas decorations and probably by the time uh, you hear this we'll probably have hot cross. (laughs) buns up because that's you know that's how the cycle works uh but uh, that's that's just the way it is in the supermarkets at the moment now we've got a terrific show have we got a great guest for you i'm telling you she is she's gold alison white look you probably remember her as emma the producer in the hit tv series frontline she's got an incredible body of work besides that but she is one of the most refreshing guests we we've had in a long time talking to us from her beautiful house in the uh, in the yarra valley she was actually based making sourdough bread in the oven while she was talking to us, Kevin. As you will hear, we're in the, we're involved in the process yeah. of her bread making. Uh, but satisfaction she was in and uh, lo and behold, since we did the interview, I jumped on and watched a new Australian mm. series called Scrublands and there she is in that too. And she's incredibly uh, down to earth though, isn't she? Yeah, she kind of great. downplays everything she's done. She's an outstanding actor yep. and she's a great yeah. human being, uh, but she was uh, delightfully down to earth. You're going to love it and it's coming up in a tick better. Remind to about our phone. Friday food poll every Friday yeah, up on all the yes. social media platforms. Have your say about uh, what it was. And this week it was very, <laughs> well, it wasn't controversial, but certainly one that uh, did well, evoke some emotion from some people. Surprisingly, we decided enough. to head down to the local Maccas, didn't yep. we, for the yep. uh, the classic soft serve cone. Yeah. You know, no green sleeves playing Something in the background. Something nostalgic about that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Especially got, with a big flake stuck in the middle of it. It's got the Mr Whippies about it, so we'll uh, we'll get to that uh, very shortly. That's our Friday food poll. Check it out on all our social media platforms. But now, here is the amazing Alison mm. White. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Cool. I'll, I'll apologise if you hear dogs exploding. Right. Oh, that's quite all right. <laughs> we got one yeah. of those. It's all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got three. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> it, could be, it could be a mega one. <laughs> <laughs> It'll add to the atmosphere. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Well, let's start. Is is the kitchen a, is the kitchen a happy place for you? The kitchen is the heart of our home. It is. Um, it has. Uh, it, I'm standing in it right this second mm. and I've got the oven going because I'm just about to cook my sourdough bread. <gasps> I'm just getting it nice and heated up. It's an electric oven. We also have a wood side stove, which we arc up during winter and that also heats our hot water in this end of the house. So it is it is where we all congregate, where we all sit. We've got a big table in the centre of it that we cook at and then pull it out and there's a bench seat behind on the wall and we sit around and we eat what we've created. Um, I've got three daughters, mm-hmm. and one of them is my my eldest is a huge cook. She loves that's her happy place. So she just goes in there and she cooks, and she's a fabulous cook. So we just let her <laughs> free range go but around. It sounds and, you like know. you're not too shabby yourself, Alison. Did you just say you had a, a sourdough loaf in the oven? Yeah, I've got it. Just about to put it in when that when we get to the 
the designated temperature and um <laughs> and yeah, well um, yeah yeah we don't we don't buy bread we, we make it so um oh. yeah that's yeah regardless we, even if I'm performing or working or whatever we just always have so is cooking a bit of a therapy bread. for you then because I mean that's that's a bit of a, a labor of love isn't it uh, bread making um it is and it isn't I think that if you just have a routine with it it's really really simple and you know you you, you feed it and it yeah. you know then it bubbles up and then you just throw it together and then you bake it the next. Well, you you know form it the next day, and then you bake a little bit later. So, but, I mean, if you've got a routine with it, and and I do. I mean, I've been doing it for years now. So, yeah, we've just never, never. Um, yeah, so it's, it's always. And if I don't, I'll, I'll freeze. I'll freeze it and have it in the freezer. It's not. If I won't be, you know, if I can't bake twice a week or whatever. I've yeah. got I've got a routine with it. It's called see it and eat it. It's as simple as, <laughs> yeah. as simple as that. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I always thought that sourdough was very, very tricky. It's really, really simple. Um, yeah, you know, I, as long you know, it's, it's as long as it's a, a, a constant. You know, I think we're not on town water. We live, um, we we live sort of in the in we live in the Yarra Valley, so we um, have tank water, and I think there's nothing that's added to the water. So I think it's just it's just rainwater. I think that's a, a constant for it. So. You know, it knows the water, it knows the temperatures around here and, yeah. And it just, um, in winter it's more consistent because we've got the SE going and, um, you know, in spring it's sort of less consistent <laughs> because of the, you know, with the natural temperatures. And, um, but, yeah, yeah, I think it's a pretty simple, simple staple. So we've established that the kitchen is the focal point of, you know, a lot of what happens in the uh, with the family and stuff. Have you got a signature dish that you, you know, you bring out to impress the family at any particular given moment? Um, you know, I suppose I was thinking about it. And I suppose it's whatever's I I love making um, I love making salads. I love making things that are. I know that sounds a bit dull, but just um, I would I love. You know what we've got. You know whether it was, I would probably put a have a, a grain, a nut, some and some roast veggies or or uh, fresh veggies from the garden or whatever, and just throwing it together. Whatever I've got and herbs, fresh herbs and a, whatever dressing that you want to put, creative and um, yeah, throwing those all together and having I just and whatever whatever sort of takes the fancy and and. Whatever's around, really, <laughs> um, and that sort of you know that you you know you have your sort of ele- different elements. And, oh God, I've got some quinoa, or oh yum, I've got some cracker, or whatever I've got. Um, I will just throw that together with ah oh, yum. We've got some you know roast turnip and some maybe you know some I don't know whatever whatever's around and saying yum. Let's oh. roast that. Let's have something fresh there and a grain and um, toast up a nut or a seed and throw it all together. Alison, yeah. let's go back to your, your childhood days. You're a Tassie girl. What are your rem- uh, memories of, of of growing up, and and what was uh, what was on the table growing up? Um, I remember we had my we had working mum and working dad. I remember dinner parties, and I remember 
um, waking up earlier than everyone else at the dinner party. My brother and I would sneak down and, oh, look, there's after dinner and left in the middle of the table. Soft the 70s, you know. The red tulip um, after uh, dinner mints. <laughs> the red tulip after dinner mints. And, oh, my God, there's trifle left. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, my mother used to make this, when, what I, I, I now think is a revolting cake. It was made out of milk coffee biscuits <laughs> and um, and like a cream, and but she put almond essence in it. Oh. And it would like be sandwiched together like a chocolate ripple cake, only with your your milk your milk coffee biscuits, and it was um it was a tort of some kind. It was obviously a woman's weekly sort of recipe type thing, and, um, sort of thrown together with some toasted uh, toasted almond flakes on the top. Um, that was seen, that seemed to be a particular favourite, and trifles and stuff like that. They were, they're Scottish, so we did have Robbie Burns nights and we had the Haggarts and all that sort of stuff. So oh, wow. that was always fun. And and um, my kids loved Haggarts. Wow. They absolutely loved Robbie Burns nights. And um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then, then they found out what was in the Haggarts <laughs> and then my, my eldest daughter promptly went vegan. <laughs> like, oh, oh great. There you go. Yes, <laughs> She's not vegan anymore, thank oh. goodness. <laughs> Tell us about the, for, the foray, Alison, into the uh, the entertainment business. Now, I understand you you started out studying as a uh, well as a dancer. Oh, look, yes, but it was never serious, oh. really. It's far too much work dancing. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be very disciplined, and then it stops when you're twenty. Um, no, yeah. it was never going to be. Never going to look. It was a great discipline and great fitness and all that sort of stuff and, um, you, you know, that sort of physical awareness never never goes astray when you're, you're standing on a stage. Um, yeah, so it was never, ever going to be a career path in a sense. There was, I just wasn't good enough. Um, but it, it led me down down the path of wanting to be a performer, um, a performer with words rather than movement. So that's where I've ended up. So how did and that happen? Great, how did how did you how did you get to um, get that to happen? Well, uh, the, I had two two fantastic teachers at, at school. Um, one was my drama teacher Deirdre de Blas, and one was my ballet teacher Beryl Honey, and they would co-direct the school productions. So um, that's where uh, my ballet teacher went. Mm. Come on, let's go. Let's go to acting. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I loved um, Emma. Kevin and I just recently watched the uh, the entire series of uh, of Frontline, and your your role there as uh, Emma, the the producer. Um, what what kind of impact did that uh, have on your career? How important was it in terms of um, I guess uh, getting out there in the first place? Yes, that was really my first first big telly gig. Um, a reg- regular on a series, and it was um, such a great thing. I mean, it was it's a, it was a huge, huge success, obviously for Working Dog and um, and all of us sort of taggers on. Right, <laughs> it was it was fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's uh, that role. She she was so so fun. It'd be great to see what she would be doing now, um, but. Um, yeah, I I haven't watched it for a while, but it keeps oh, sort of popping up. Oh, it's travelled well. It's travelled beautifully. Yeah, that's great. It does. It does. It, it um, it's, it was so well written and so well observed. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, 
and probably the fashion and the technology <laughs> is the only thing that's changed, yeah. Um, unfortunately, current affairs hasn't really. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the, that they use. The fighting over car parks and all those little tiny things that happened, uh, the idiosyncrasies of, uh, of the television world haven't changed much. But there you go from that and then you do Satisfaction, which must have been an incredibly challenging role to have a crack at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in- incredibly challenging. Um, yeah, I just turned 40 and I'd had four children. Yeah, it was incredibly challenging. <laughs> but it was good playing fun as well. I mean... And we had very, very uh, wonderful producers and um, and it was before all of uh, – it was well before. We have um, intimacy coordinators on pretty much every job now mm. and fighting coordinators. Um, uh, and it was well before that, you know. It was sort of – but it was handled very pre- pretty well, you know. It was handled very, very well. It, we have intimacy coordinators coming in for – for, you know, things like Death of the Salesman, which I've just done, which is just, you know, it, um, for very for stage stuff that's written in the 50s, not let alone, you know, doing sex scenes in a brothel um, <laughs> in the 2000s, you know. Um, you know uh, but we have intimacy coordinators coming in and working with it, which is such a fantastic thing now. Um, we didn't then, but we have very good producers that were very, very specific about what we, to, we were to do. We would um, choreograph all those scenes and we would um, storyboard them and we would sign off on them so we knew exactly what was being shown and what wasn't. And that was the contract where before any of those scenes were shot. Yeah. Amazing, no, very, amazing. Very, very tastefully done series, I thought, Satisfaction. Yes, it was beautifully, um, also beautifully designed and um you know, the clothes and stuff like that. It was fantastic and, and well-written. And the characters were really well-drawn. Clothes? So. Did the characters well, have clothes on? <laughs> Some of them. I don't Some remember clothes. that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, look, you've got to start with a baseline. You've got to have things to take off before you get there, right? <laughs> Alison, you, uh, you just mentioned there uh, Death of a Salesman. How have you been uh, enjoying that? And, and uh, theatre, the stage, is that your uh, your happy place? That's my happy place. That's what I do most of now. I'm... Uh, um, yeah, I, I, yes, I've, I've spent most of my year on stage, really. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, that's, it's, it's, it's a good sport, put it that way. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I, I don't like being off it for too long. It's really interesting. You've got to be match fit to be up there. Um, and if you don't, <laughs> you feel it if you're working in telly for a while or film for a while. Just like I really need to get back on the board because those sort of muscles you just need to, need to keep them exercised because it's um it's a it's it, it yeah it's it's a big thing yeah it's a big thing to stand up and tell a tale on for three hours or whatever yeah. and keep an audiences of twelve hundred. Um, Coming with you. <laughs> what is it about? What is it about Death of a Salesman that is is so mesmerising for everyone who's ever been involved in it? Um, I think it's just how well written that play is. I, I think it's. I mean, I've done a couple of Arthur Miller's plays and The Crucible and Death of a Salesman, and they're they're just unbelievably well constructed um, and woven and. <laughs> He wrote the first half of that play in 48 hours. Gee. Wow. <laughs> uh, and then I, I was watching some interview and they said, you know, he wrote it sort of like 48 hours and then the interviewer said, 
Then what did you do? He said, I took a rest. <laughs> it took me five weeks to write the second half. <laughs> so, you know, he was 48 hours. He said, well, that's it. He didn't sleep. He just got it on paper. And that's what it was. Wow. It's an extraordinary piece of writing. Yeah, it is. And, and um, yeah, and they're extraordinarily well, extraordinarily well-drawn characters. And, and I think that's what keeps – people know them. People recognise them. People, you know, they recognise those those folk because they're so they're so human. Yeah, yeah. they're so, such well drawn characters. Yeah, Alison, it'd be remiss of me not to ask because it, you know, it's a it's a show about food. That um, throughout your stage and screen career, you and your hubby have been involved in the running of not just one pub but uh, but several pubs. How did uh, how did that come to yeah. be? Yeah, well, um, we had well, how it came to be was the. Um, we wanted to have family, basically. We were both actors, so we wanted to have a regular <laughs> income. Um, and it just so happened that our local pub was being turned into a pokey pub. It was around the, the time when Jeff Kennett let, let pokies into Victoria. Um, and we had uh, we had nowhere to drink, basically. Mm-hmm. So there was a pub down the road that, that had a lease, and we bought a lease for 30 grand with a friend, for, I think it was about four or five years, and then it ended, that was the terminus. And um, yeah, I'm just putting my bread in. Sorry, um, <laughs> it's very appropriate. It's very, good. <laughs> very appropriate. I don't very rarely get people actually cooking on this program. <laughs> there you go. The bread's gone in. You'll hear it go off in ten minutes, and then I have to turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah so then, then we bought this at the terminus hotel, and it had a great kitchen. You know, they, and these, the kitchen was like. It was staffed by oh, people, you know, kids, you know, um, like-minded, same age, similar aged people. Um, saying, well, can you cook? Right, like, yeah, I'll run the kitchen. <laughs> Literally, you know, they were great wow. cooks. They weren't chefs, yeah. so they had the kitchen and they cooked really great meals. And we were in all the cheap eats and the best hotel, you know, whatever those guides were. Um, we were we were in those, you know, consistently. And then when we sold that, um, we uh, we had we had another couple of little pubs, and then we had the Grant in, in Yarra Glen, which is a big, um, big old hotel that has it's the only pub in town, so you've got to cater to everyone, and it's in the Yarra Valley, so on the weekends they have a completely different group of folk around. So you've got your locals during the week, and so we had a. We had to, the kitchen had to cater to everyone there. So that was a, a tricky beast. Um, and there were a lot of palmers and there were a lot of steaks sold. And <laughs> as a result, we had a, got another pub and we went, hmm, sick of selling food, uh, sick of selling steaks, sick of, <laughs> sick of selling palmies. Let's go veggie vegan. Ah. And we opened up a veggie vegan pub in um, Melbourne. In Carlton, and it's still going strong. Wow. We don't own it anymore, um, but it was—it's remained as it is, and it's become a. a and apart from the fact that I had one kid who was vegan, one kid that was vegetarian, one that was a carnivore, and I'm, like, I'm sick, sick of cooking. <laughs> let's make this one. <laughs> let's make this one veggie vegan, and and it's, um, because of the location, it, it went off pretty. It was a, a successful venture. Wow. Um, 
if we'd done that in Yarra Glen, it might have been a completely different story. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, any vegetarian option that we put on the menu was ignored unless we had people coming in from the city. So it was, you know, you've got to know your demographic, obviously. And we had to deal with a lot of chefs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's some personalities right there. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I work in the acting industry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Slightly high maintenance. More egos in in that that realm than you you can't have egos like that in 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 the world I come from. You can't. Mm. Otherwise you wouldn't survive. Yeah, I was flabbergasted by the by the um the fragility of <laughs> some egos, let's put it that way. Uh, uh, yeah. And um yeah. Yeah. What is it they um, say the people with the biggest egos are the ones least justified in having yeah, them? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we always found that if we had a kitchen that had like a very high number of female staff, you get a really, you'd have a really happy team. Ah, you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, and that that was a really deliberate strategy from us. In the end, we just had to go that way because it was, well, yeah, if you get a kitchen full of boys, bam. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> no, you get you got to you have you got to have a high a high number of female staff that worked for us, and we have an open kitchen, had an open kitchen at the Green Man, and um, and it's still open, and there's a lot of female staff in there. Was um, the, was and the, it's was happy. the was the pub a uh, you know a, a reality check for you on a regular basis with people? Given what you 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 do for a living, and they see you on the television, then they walk into the pub and go, "Hang on." You're, I know you. Did you have a lot of that happen yeah, to you? Yeah, it depends it depend on what I was doing at the time. You know, if I was doing a lot of stage work, no, no one from the Arrow Glen comes and watches anything at the Melbourne <laughs> Theatre Company or, I mean, that's a gross overstatement. <laughs> you know, it's a long way to travel, put it that way. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, it just depends on what you're doing, you know. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, I yeah, <laughs> I, I do remember some guy saying, Oh, you play. You're a pro, you play a prostitute. You know, having seen <laughs> having seen satisfaction, and I said, yeah. At the moment, I'm actually playing the Queen of England. So there you go. Alison, <laughs> <laughs> um, Alison, what part, if any, does uh, does coffee play in your daily life? Are you a coffee person? Coffee, yeah, I am a coffee person. But if I had to choose between tea and coffee, it would mm-hmm. definitely be tea. Yeah. I usually have one, I, like I have one coffee a day and I've got a good coffee machine and we had a really great coffee machine at, at all of the pubs we've owned yeah. um, and we've always had good coffee. Um, but it, tea is my, I, if I had to choose between either of them, tea. Yeah. We have a, a like a like a, a Breville tea's made that's set and it's there in the morning, how we love it. <laughs> and it's there and it's just pour it and then, oh, I'm alive, I'm here, I'm welcome day. <laughs> yeah. is, is there a sweet tooth uh, that goes with your, your tea drinking or your coffee? Um, I, that comes and goes too. It really depends. Um, if my eldest daughter's around and she's cooking, absolutely. <laughs> right. she, she's amazing, amazing with pastries and things like that. She's just amazing. And um, you know she'll she'll go out into the garden and pluck whatever's around and and make it into some something amazing, some beautiful dessert. So I don't 
generally make desserts or um, occasionally I'll do, do you know, Anzac cookies or something like that for um, my youngest who, mm. you know, <laughs> but I don't generally bake that sort of stuff. But if Rosie's around, then yeah, yeah. She's she's about to do all the Christmas baking and, and get the fruit mints and all that for the start happening and and she candies her own peel as well. Oh so, my goodness! I know she's amazing. So we have orange trees and lemon trees and all that stuff. She'll go out, pick them, candy the peel, and make the most amazing fruit mints. Oh. It's amazing, and she'll make jars of it, and then she'll you know midway through the year she'll make some Garibaldi's with it or whatever. Beautiful. Yeah, oh. yeah. She's She's amazing. It was Very beautiful, clever. beautiful. Alison, talk. it sounds like you could have an absolutely magnificent dinner party at your place with all these <laughs> yes. wonderful fresh ingredients and, and your talent within the family. If you were to hold a, a dinner party and you could invite anyone you like, dead or alive, who would be on your I, dream dinner guest list? I, this is a this is a very hard question to answer. <laughs> it's so hard because of it. then you go, oh, this and this person, this person, this person, this one. So I had a good think about it and. You know, I did the usual. I'd love William Shakespeare to be there. Oh, my goodness. What about Mary, you know, Mary, Mother of Christ? I'd love her to be there. I'd love to see, you know, all of those things. And then I went, actually, what I'd really love, I'd love to meet my women. I'd love to meet my my grandmothers, my great-grandmothers, my great-great-grandmothers. I'd love to meet them and not necessarily have a dinner party, a cup of tea. I'd love to meet them at my age. I'd love to talk to them about what their concerns are, whether it's changed over the years, whether it's um, whether it's worrying about their children, whether it's worrying about their parents or yeah, what 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 um what concerns them, what they worry about, what keeps them up at night, what what are their heart desires, what 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 do they what rankles them, what what gives them joy, what sparks joy and I'd love to meet them. I'd love to sit with them at my age. Oh. Um, I, I'd met my grandparents, but not at my age. You know, they were old people. Yeah. Um, and I would love to meet them. But my women, my women. I'd love to meet my women. Oh, I, think that's I know wonderful. that sort of. Well, you know, you just go, oh, you know, all of these different people that you love to meet. Actually, that's who I'd love to meet. I'd love to have that sort of foundation. I'd love to. Well, I have that foundation. But I'd like to know them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly what you mean. That's I, that's a that's a really really interesting in, yeah. interesting way to go about it. Yeah, yeah very original. It. Hey, we uh, we like to finish by asking for a kitchen tip, and I know it's don't do an interview while you have got bread in the oven. <laughs> but if, <laughs> if, if, if if you've got another kitchen or cooking tip, what would it be? Ah, uh, look, use your freezer. Oh, <laughs> use your freezer. You know, I I, I don't know. Yeah, it's just. And when you've got the opportunity, nab them. I don't know if if you see beautiful capsicums. I don't know. Make a you know sofredo and, and shove it in the freezer. You know, shove bag it up and shove it in the freezer. So you've got beautiful sofredo, and you can make fantastic mushroom beans or whatever, or paella or whatever it is. You got it there, and you can have anything at your fingertips. Use your freezer, I'd say, so that when you can all, all you know, get with good produce. Have it on hand and use it. Wow. That's so that cook seasonally. <laughs> yeah. 
Beautiful. We'll let you get oh, your bread. A, I've got to turn it down. There it goes. We'll let you, we'll let you get your bread. Alison, thank you so much for spending some time with us. We've uh, we've loved it and the bread smells great. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Alison. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. See ya. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Wasn't that wasn't that a load of fun? <laughs> I love the dynamics of the kitchen and the egos of the chefs. Yeah, I love the uh, memories too of the 1970s dinner parties oh, too, because yeah. that brings back so many memories from my days growing up in Carrumburra. The uh, the after dinner mints. Well, when you're a kid, that was the pinnacle, wasn't oh, it? Yeah. It was uh, it was finding the leftover after dinner mints. Oh, they were great too. I loved them. Yeah, my dad used to set full trays of Galliano alight at the. Uh, the Patterson. Goodness me. Parties. Wild times at the Patterson household. I know, those days are gone. Let's set the whole house on fire. <laughs> exactly right. Let's get uh, to, well, the smoke alarm would go yeah. off now and you wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Yeah, we didn't have those back then. Let's get to our food <laughs> poll. No, we didn't. The McDonald's soft serve cone. This one in the picture is the uh, classic vanilla, yeah. but I believe, you know, you do several versions of. But do yep. you like it or don't you? Well, we're going to start with our friend in Thailand, which is Rebecca Kane, who says, I used to love the soft serve, is anyone doing it vegan? You could do it with um with your coconut cream, I reckon. Oh, okay. I wondered how you do it. I had no mm. idea. Uh, Deb Murphy says, yay. Muriel says, I know I shouldn't, but I have to say, yes, it's a guilty pleasure, although I've managed to stay away from Maccas for many years. Sylvana says, it's a definite yes for me. Patricia, no, not for me. Joylene says, yes, it's the only thing I buy at Maccas. There you go. Terry says, it's a yay, but even better this way with a Cadbury flat stuck in the side of it. That certainly caught on fire, yeah. I can tell you. Lisa Marie says, yay. Artie says, I must admit, uh, to a soft serve, have a spot for it. Right. Christine says, chocolate with a big flake. Oh, there we go, running theme. Marie says, yes, please. Shane says, uh, we love this soft serve beyond words. Oh, Shane. Glenn says it's a yes. Uh, Leonie says nay. Glenn says bloody oath, Pato, especially the chocolate soft serve with, wait for it, Kevin, a flake. Do they serve them with a flake in McDonald's? I haven't well, had one for that long, I don't know. It's almost like it's the deluxe version. Do you have to ask for it that way? Oh, I'll have to find out. Mm. Uh, yay, but uh, in a cup with chocolate sauce, according to Rachel. Oh, and is it standard with a Mr Whippy? Mm. Sue Hosking says yes, but a chocolate one with... Yes, a flake in it. Bart says 100% yay. Angie says yay. Narelle says yuck, no thanks. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, Narelle. James says yay. Uh, Davin says nay, 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 nay. There's a lot nicer ice cream and gelati out there. Oh, yes. There's Fair a enough. lot of lovely gelati flavours. Charlene says it's a yay. Oh, Crokey says it's the only type of cone I allow myself these days. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, old croaky. Uh, plain and simply delicious. He's very amusing. Jamie Duncan says, Hungry Jack's soft serves are better. Oh. Those are the only things worth buying at Hungry Jack's. Creamier soft serve and more generously proportioned. Mind you, I've never met an ice cream I didn't like. I'm pretty much in that boat yes. too, Jamie. Greg says, uh, yes, great value and uh, consistent taste. Mark Stevens says it is a yay from him. Uh, Jim Wilson says, nah, it ain't Messina. Now, I'm... Uh, no. I'm I'm gathering that Messina is not Loggins and Messina, who did your mama don't dance back in the seventies, but it is. It would be a fine uh, range of uh, of ice cream of some. It must be a top of the range ice cream because Jackie says to Jim, "You, sir, are an ice cream snob." There you go. 
That, uh, that sums it up. The voting, uh, yes, 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 uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Get your soft serve over here. 76%. Yes. 24 for the nose. Rings up uh, memories of the old, as you mentioned, the Mr Whippy Van. Yeah. And the, you were saying the other day they don't necessarily play Green Sleeves no, anymore. No, it's another, it's a different uh, different song now. I don't know whether that's a copyright issue. It probably is. Mm. Um. <laughs> There's one locally at Inflock. I think it's Music Box Dancer. Oh, really? Yeah. The little one where yeah. you had the ballerina yeah. thing? That Oh, that's a horrible noise. Dun, 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 yeah, that's dun, a – oh, no, 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 no. We don't want to have that in our head. Green dun, Sleeves dun, dun, is dun, bad dun. enough. <laughs> but, but Green Sleeves, as soon as you heard, you went, yes. Yeah. No, well, I thought of Lassie. <laughs> <laughs> Dog food. Oh, 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 Kevin, why no. would Why wouldn't you think well, of that? Well, that put a handbrake on the conversation. Thanks to Alison White for being a guest on our program. It was absolutely yes. sensational to have her. Until the next time we meet, this is Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Bye for now. Enjoy your after-dinner mints. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.